For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure you select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes every Thursday. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 128. Woo! Woo! It's exciting. It's exciting stuff. It's very exciting. We have We've got I like a that very... red border. I know. Do you see my red border? I got mm-hmm. my red border. Yeah, what's going on with your red border? How do you get one of those? Oh. I'm out of there. I'll give you a red border. Thanks, you man. like oh, that? Thanks. I'll highlight who, who's talking here. I'll click on you, you get a red border. <laughs> And that, of course, is uh, <laughs> podcast listeners don't know what we're talking about. Seems game. like <laughs> unnecessary work. Kyle, would you please highlight the member of the pod that just recovered from COVID-19? Uh, <sighs> there he is. That's our guy. There he is right there. For for listeners who are not watching the stream on Twitch TV, it is Zach of the Gruesome Twosome. It's me. I got it. But not fun. You did. Not fun. Said it was Did a not enjoy it. Now, are you you're totally done with it? No. Well, tomorrow's my last day. Is the tenth day, and then I'll be able to go back to work on Thursday. But um, I would say yesterday and today were definitely by far better days. But I'm, I'm still. It's still. It's a weird. It's a weird physical feeling of just still exhaustion and like mental, like fogginess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. It is, some, it is unlike anything I've ever dealt with in my entire life. It's freaking crazy. Did you? The way you just described it, anybody. What you just described sounds like parenthood. Honestly, it's like <laughs> Kyle's every everyday life. <laughs> everyday life. But no, man, that, well, that sucks, was just dude. The last and couple days. <laughs> that's yeah. Did, I, did, that's did crazy. Lose, did you lose your taste and your smell? I did not lose my taste and smell. That's crazy. Um, but I got pretty much every other symptom. That's on the list. So, I feel like I've, I feel like Dang. the people I know who've gotten it, it's been like a heat-seeking missile of just like taking out their smell and their taste, and like that's it. Yeah, that, you know, my doctor told me, you know, expect that around day five or six, and I, I never lost it, but mm-hmm. I would have loved to have lost it if I would have gotten rid of the body aches, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe well, one of our buddies lost it, and chills. he was eating just like tablespoons of mustard and stuff to test it out because he's like, I can't taste this. It's like. Right. Maybe if it wasn't illegal, he should get into a hot wing eating contest yeah. or something because you could just crush. Yeah, I, he, you know? he, I think he even postponed Thanksgiving because he didn't want to have Thanksgiving when he couldn't taste anything. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Zach never had his taste to begin with. Maybe. <gasps> He's like, no, everything he just tastes have. blank, right? Why would it taste? <laughs> he just licked his arm. How'd that taste? Harry. So, oh, <laughs> not a taste. Yeah, <laughs> just proves my point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, my but gosh. I'm, no, so. I, 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 uh, I turned the corner, listeners. I know you were worried for me. Thank you for all the messages on, on, on the Reddit, on my Twitter. I appreciate it. The love. Uh, Jamie, I know, sent me a really nice handwritten letter that I framed. And it just, sure. I had it next to my bedside. So in the middle of the night with heat sweats and I'd wake up and I'd be like, what's going on? I would just hold it tight, and I'd be like, "Jamie, cares. I'd love to see that. Wait, did, uh, go did, gra- did go grab that real card, quick." Oh, did the gift I, card I, I make it in? I, I can't. Oh, so damn. wait, but it, did you get the gift card that came with it, or did some someone take that gift card? 
What? It was an Applebee's gift card that said, uh, enjoy your time at Applebee's when you recover. You got me an Applebee's gift card? My yeah, favorite well, once... chain restaurant <laughs> exactly. from yeah. Sydney, Ohio. <laughs> oh, really? Is that wow. where it's that's where it's centered? Is that HQ? Applebee's HQ? Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not yet. Not yet. Ugh. Those local those local chains, they might get you though. They might I get really you don't a like Applebee's, so remember that. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's, that, might, that might come up later in the episode. Definitely not a sponsor. Ooh. Hey, hey. Okay. Wow. So we've got COVID recovery. Glad you're back. Thank you. Sounds like total BS. Right. De- to deal with. Not BS. I don't know. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like garbage. I wouldn't want to deal with it, man. Like it's not real garbage or BS? What are you saying? <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Listeners, you're no, here I'm not first. A, I'm not a COVID is a hoax guy. Kyle All said right. plandemic. <laughs> no, and, he did yeah. not. And he called it, he called it a hoax. So. so not my words. My words did not come out correctly. I don't know bleep what I'm them, saying. Kyle, bleep it sounds, them. It sounds like it sucks. All right? It sounds like it sucks pretty bad. And I'm I, just going to stop. Uh, f- funny, funny comment. I got a cameo for my uh, my best friend's bachelor party from Lorenzo Lamas. Or oh. Lamas, depends on how you want to pronounce it, because uh, he's one of our favorite actors, um, mostly tongue-in-cheek for like the really shitty movies he was in, and uh, the TV show Renegade, and uh, he uh, he referred to the uh, pandemic as the plandemic. So wait in the in the in the cameo, cameo video, oh, he's like, "I'm oh sorry, I'm sorry, you, you, everything's you know shaking out the way it has this year, Brad." Uh, I still want to wish you the best. Uh, this pandemic's really been a bitch for everybody. <laughs> Wait, so he didn't, and you didn't write that for him? I did not write that for him. No. Uh, oh man, because aren't they supposed to say exactly what you write? No, not necessarily. You actually only get that. I actually disliked how little you're able to inform the the performer um, of of what you're wanting. Uh, so I had very little. Um, uh, information I could share with him, but I basically wanted him to congratulate my friend and, you know, be like our master of ceremonies to like kick off our bachelor party. Um, maybe announce the names of the, of the guys and whatnot, but you really have like no room. And he ended up just kind of going off on this tangent about the, the pandemic. And I was just like, Oh, my <laughs> stop God. saying it. Just stop <laughs> saying it. Kyle, you gotta, you gotta bleep this guy. That's going to yeah, be we'll... a memory for the rest of your friend's life though. That's awesome. <laughs> That's insane. He loved it. He loved it. Well, I don't well, know if he likes the. I guess I need to bleep myself. I don't think he, he liked it for that reason, um, but he just loved that uh, that cameo. You're able to get the video from your your favorite athletes and actors. Yeah, he got one from uh, another friend of uh, Josh Cribbs, which that was really cool. If there's Browns fans out there that love the uh, the heyday of Josh Cribbs running kickoffs back every single week, it felt like uh, Josh Cribbs does a fantastic. Uh, cameo for for anybody that wants to give a shout out to a Browns fan. In the Browns, dude, yeah, Browns. football podcast, but go oh, Browns! Go shit, Browns, wow. far out. That's insane. I was I mean, very emotionally invested in that game by the end of it, and uh, honestly, it it ranks up there with my some of my Packers games. It was probably like a top ten. Uh, sports moment for me seeing the Browns win that that game. I love I love any sadness for Pittsburgh, so I was also all in. <laughs> me well, too. I love that shot of Big Ben at the I end. Love it, Kyle. <laughs> that is one of the best pictures. 
Oh my god. Well, I think I think Brown, you even said it like during the game. You're like, this is literally the most insane thing I've ever witnessed in that first quarter because it was just like, was what awesome. is happening right now? Like, no, literally nobody could have predicted that. When, I mean, when they shot up twenty, you would have predicted the like, inverse. Get out of here! <laughs> this is crazy, Brown. <laughs> If any team, if you heard the score was going to be twenty-eight to nothing after the first quarter, you'd be like, "Oh my god, the poor Browns!" Yeah, yeah. and then it's oh, like, yeah. "No, the Browns scored twenty-eight points in the first quarter." And like, no, they look, they look like the best team in the NFL oh, right now. So They're insane. Good. Well, I, I hate the, the the team beat themselves comment, like, like especially when your team does a great job, goes out there and performs, and then the opposing, you know, fan base is like, oh, we beat ourselves out there. Like, yeah. the Steelers really, truly did beat themselves in the first quarter of that game. They made, uh, they made so many yeah. mental errors. And then the Browns did execute, though, not to take anything yeah. from the Browns. That was the thing. I think the most impressive thing was how they just kept their foot on that in the gas pedal. There were three or four going. times where the Browns scored where it was like, in any previous year, the Browns would have got stuffed there and kicked a field goal. And instead, they they rattled off touchdown after touchdown. Dude, after so touchdown. many good so, ones. I mean, are, are we are we a Browns podcast now? Yeah, can we, we be? Can we be? Can wow, we be? the Browns cast. Browns. I mean, cast. I'm, a, Browns I'm cast. a Green Bay fan. Green Bay fan through and through. But if we're going to do a Browns cast, I'm down for that too. So that would be great. I, I mean, can, maybe just I me can and get you, on Kyle. board with the Browns. Maybe just just because I mean, went to went to college in Ohio. Lived, they lived in Ohio for nine years, so it's like you went to a school a with Browns the, the Cleveland Browns colors. Orange and brown. I know. I've got Cleveland Browns color stuff. Maybe that's I've got our- a Cleveland Browns championship bottle on my shelf back here from my grandfather. That's awesome. Who's from the Akron area? Yeah. So that's from like 1950s. I've got this kick ass seven up bottle. I would show you, but I have a green screen and it is a green bottle, so. I can show you guys later. It'll make sense. But yeah, I think that's our podcast, Kyle. It's me and you, t- people who aren't Browns fans, deciding next season we're just going to become huge Browns fans. And now we got a Super Browns, the Super Browns fan podcast. The Super Brown Bandwagon Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Or you just jump gotta, on that bandwagon. Hard. We're going to paint that wagon brown. Right. <laughs> yeah, we that's are. That's the title. Paint that wagon brown. <laughs> Done. And then the next year one? we become, we become Reds fans. Uh, we'll paint that bat ragged red. Cincinnati Reds? Yeah. For baseball. Nah, baseball sucks. Dive, 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 dive. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. We need a shark to just take a bite right now, like right at the end of the, the music bit. You want right. a shark to take a bite right there at yeah, the end? Yeah, like there's a... And then it just cuts to it. Well, that'd be pretty nice. Be badass. All right. You know All right. What? I mean, Zach, you know what really gets you up and going after a long week of COVID exhaustion is a What's 1943 it? film over two hours long. What did we watch? Gang, we watched a classic, classic, Bogart classic, Action of the North Atlantic. That's right. Action in the North Atlantic, a movie I did not know existed and yet was nominated for an Oscar. Hmm. 
Yeah, I actually got a pretty good score on IMDb with a 7.0. There is a lot of love for this movie, I found out. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a place because it was one of these movies that came out during World War II. They, they pumped them out. They really pumped these out. And a lot of them were geared towards trying to get people kind of jazzed up for different aspects of the war effort. This one had a very clear objective, really elevating a little-known uh, part of the – I guess they're not part of the military, right? But adjacent to I, the military. They, like, kind of are, but – Are they? I don't think I don't think if you, like, leave the service, I don't think you're considered a veteran. But. Right. But, yeah, they really, think- it really elevates the uh, Merchant Marines. Huge, huge yeah. uh, Merchant Marine film. I think it's probably best known in that respect of kind of being like, we're going to go all out. We'll let people know these mother effers were badasses, Merchant Marines. Yeah. And I like this is a branch, honestly, I'd never even heard of. Fun, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but they're pretty much like logistics and shipping equipment overseas, getting it to where it needs to be. If that, I mean, that's like my loose understanding of it. I think a merchant marine would be like, Kyle, you don't understand it, but it makes sense, right? Anyways, <laughs> whatever. It stars, as Zach mentioned, Humphrey Bogart as Lieutenant Joe Rossi, Raymond Massey as Captain Steve Jarvis, Alan Hale with maybe one of my favorite names that we've got here. I didn't even realize it till the cast listing, but Boats O'Hara. Yeah. Julie Bishop as Pearl O'Neill, Dane Clark as Johnny Pulaski, Sam Levine, Adam Levine's great-grandfather right. as Abel Chips Abrams. That was a lie. Uh, Ruth Gordon as Mrs. Sarah Jarvis, Peter Whitney as Whitney Lara, and another amazing real name, Dick Hogan as Cadet Ezra Parker. Yeah. And yeah, so we, we had seen, who did you recognize in that cast and crew? Cookie. Alan Hale. Alan Hale Sr. Cookie. Yeah, it was pretty great seeing him again. He was just as dynamic as we saw last time. I enjoyed him quite a bit. Uh, I guess he was his son. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, isn't he the father of of the skipper? Little buddy. Yeah. From Gilligan's Island. He's the father of the skipper. Wait, wait. Anyways. Jamie, it's kind of like I can can do it to you almost in the. the Yeah. Oh, here we go. go. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, here. Hold on. Oh no! What happened? Hit him! Yeah, little buddy. Jimmy. And I'm so Jimmy, Jimmy needs to sit up in his uh, chair a little bit more. What are you yeah, doing again? It's all right. Little buddy. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> just great podcasting. <laughs> to anyone listening, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, but we do stream this live like now. So. Twitch.tv slash Mac East Studios. Yeah, so this was a Humphrey Bogart film. I went on a huge Humphrey Bogart kick when we, A, did A Christmas in Connecticut, and this came up on the um, on the Phantom Zone. I was like, Humphrey Bogart, let's, let's go after it. And I watch Treasure of the Sierra Madre, Dead End, uh, The um, African Queen, uh, and another one. And it was... So not even like the the most major ones, right? Well, I mean, you're watching some big ones, but not like the big ones. No, no. The, well, I mean, African Queen's the only one he won an Oscar for. And then uh, Treasure Sierra Madre won Best Picture. And he mm-hmm. was he's the okay. star of that. I mean, the one that I didn't watch was Casablanca, but that's because I've seen it so many times. I wasn't really looking to watch it again. Gotcha. 
Anyways, that's Humphrey Bogart. He's very, it's funny for him being a leading actor because he's like my size. He's like shorter than me and weighs less than me. And you're like, you were a leading man in Hollywood. It'd be like if me, if I was like, I'm a leading man in Hollywood. How, how short, how, sense. how tall are you? I'm like 5'11 almost. Well, I mean, we talk about, we talk about Tom Cruise, right? Oh, no, I know. But I, but I guess it's one of those things where I mean, Tom Cruise, they put him in lifts and stuff like that. They didn't even do that Humphrey Broker. They were like, this is who he Did is. Did they really? He's got this giant cabeza and these elastic body. And he's like walking around and everyone loves him. He's Humphrey Broker. So. Good Anyways. Name. Cabeza, for those who are unskilled in Espanol, means head. Mm-hmm. He's got giant Oh, crap. At least I thought so. That's a, my opinion. It may not be your opinion. Maybe you think he has a tiny head. I don't know. I'm looking at your head right now. I'm trying to figure it out. Wait, your head's about the same as his. My head's a, if my a head looks. I'm a perfectly this, poor proportioned. Well, if your my head, head looks gigantic. this big. Yep. And yours looks so, that big. Uh, listeners, because you can't see anything going on right now, our captain is just changing the size of his head to be huge. Yes, even huge. He's, really he's just he's just fidgeting right now with uh, the the video stream. Okay. Let's yes. get into this. We are like way behind schedule. Yeah. We are We're starting the timer right I'm, now. Nice. We are American oil tanker, the SS Northern Star. It's Captain By, Captain Steve Jarvis. Now, he seems like kind of a lame He's got like a stick up his butt. He's like, you got a cadet there, Parker. And Parker's like, I'm a cadet. I'm like, whatever. I trained for this stuff. And the captain's like, get out of here. I like experience. And he doesn't like this guy. He's like, Parker, he's a book, he's a book learner. I don't like that. So anyways... Humphrey Bogart's there, and he's Joe Rossi. And he's like, give him a break. Don't even worry about it. But they're both kind of looking on the sea, and they're like, I'm not liking this, uh, this fog. This fog is uh, lame. Let's get more people out there to watch, because I have a bad feeling about this fog. So they go in. I got a bad feeling about this one. <laughs> What's that from? I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Do you even know what that's from, Jamie? Is that uh. from Star Wars? <laughs> Oh, come I on, got, man. I got a bad, bad feeling. Bad feeling about this. I don't know what that is. Man, you're looking more shredded than a Julianne salad. <laughs> Just tell me later. It isn't, we can continue on from here. Tropic Thunder, man. <laughs> come <Okay>. on. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the movie, but not more than a couple times. Uh, so anyways, they go down and they tell the people, the crew, they're down there. They're playing carts. And, and Cookie's down there, a.k.a. Boats. And uh, he's they're all complaining about ladies. They're complaining about life, love. One guy's like, my knee like tells me when there's a sub around, and my knee it's uh, acting Whoa. up. his corns, but his corns. Sorry, his corns. He's like, my people corns. seem to bring up corns a lot in these older movies. Yeah, it's true. Corns. Everyone had corns. Were a problem. I don't even know what corns are. Is that I, another word for what? I think corns are like when you stuff your feet into uncomfortable shoes too long. You develop corns. Is it, or do you wear corn cobs on your feet? I think maybe both. Why not both? I suppose you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why they call them corns, actually, because the, the remedy is you wear corn cups in your feet. They go away. Oh, well, now I know. Um, anyways, they're like, hey, bros, get up there. We got to you know, watch for some subs uh, in the fog. And everyone's like, oh, lame. One guy's got a cat. He's like, I like my cat. He's like, my name's Brom. And he pets his cat. And then yeah. another guy's like, I got, my, I got my record player. And he's playing these records. And it's like a lame song. He keeps playing it. Everyone's like, shut the, shut the hell up. We don't want to hear your stupid record. And anyways, I get people up there and they're a little worried. They're like wondering like, are they worried about subs? Are they worried about subs? Smash cut. We're in a sub. 
Nazi sub <laughs> coming coming along, and they're like, uh, "That tanker's looking all tasty." Yeah, because did uh, anybody hear a record playing? Uh, yeah, dead giveaway. Yeah, and they're and like, "I think I smelt a cat." They're like, "Fire one, fire two, NBD. Don't even need three and four. We're hitting that mother effer." And they send it off, and it blows this oil tanker to effing smithereens. And sometimes in these older films, you get scenes in these kind of stuff where you're just like, I don't even know how they did this. It's amazing because it's this giant ship set that they built yeah. and there's fire everywhere. Explosions, fire. And if you were going to watch one thing from this movie, I'd be like, watch that opening sinking scene. It's, it's. Oh my gosh. Great. I loved it. The, the scenes they do in this movie, just like all together with explosions, with the ships and lighting fires on it. It is amazing. The I was flooding, watching it like, stuff, wow, yeah. this is like deep water horizon of the 1940s. Like yeah. this whole thing is just engulfed in flames. It was amazing. Yeah. So anyways, they're all trying to escape. And the, the captain, they're holding out, holding out, holding out. And they eventually are like, okay, we got to get out of here. Um, they, they know people have died in the, like, the engine room or something like that. One guy gets trapped because... Uh, he's trying to pack up his record player. Like the one guy's able to get his cat out real quick and get out the door, but the guy's packing up his record player and the water pressure closes the door and he can't get out. And it's like, oh shit, is this guy going to die because of his effing record player? And yes. then someone comes by and, and is able to rescue him. Like, oh, phew, he's not going to die because of that stupid record player like a Dumbo. And then they go up and they're like looking around and, and everyone else has like gone out in their lifeboat um, and jumped off and there's all these fire and so it's a great, it's a great set. But they, they're running around they're like, hey, look, there's just two people up there. And they realize there's no way to get off the boat. They've got to, they're the ship. They've got to jump off and swim under the fire because the oil is all out there on fire. They got to swim under this fire oil and try to get to the lifeboat. And they do. But the guy who got trapped because his record player still dies. And the other guy who's cat, he's like, where's my cat? Where's my cat? And the cat couldn't swim and like died or whatever. Yeah, so that's not great. No, one no, no. one I mean, of the funnier one of the funnier things, like this is, this is a very like serious scene in this movie, but I thought it was super funny because the captain was running back and he's like, There's people back there, I gotta go save them. Yeah. Somebody's like, You don't have to go down with the ship or whatever, and then like they look out at this bridge, it's in flames, and there's just this huge explosion, and he's pretty much like, You're right. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> like, I've actually I've I'm done not an going. assessment <laughs> and I actually don't think there's anyone down there. I just, yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't see anyone. So let's go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. And so they, and while they're in the boat, they are kind of like flipping off and like, oh, doing, doing a bunch of like, oh, you to the uh, U-boat and the captain. Why the, I wanna? Yeah. And the U-boat <laughs> captain's not liking it so much and is like, uh, let me plow my U-boat into your effing lifeboat. Get out of here. And they do. And they yeah. crush the lifeboat. And they're like, we're going to come back for you. And someday I will kill you. And that's what the captain says. Even though he he, he got a stick up his ass, he knows about revenge. <sighs> and There's one so, thing all sailors know about. That's revenge. Vengeance. And so anyways, dun, dun, dun. they get home. Uh, they're, they're, so they're adrift for a long, long time, but they're able to get rescued. Or they show some scenes of like the, the, the plane going by and like picking them up or whatever. And so then they go home and uh, Jarvis, he goes to, home to his wife and they're the biggest nerds. Oh, man. They're like, oh, boy, I sure did miss you. Oh, man, I sure do love my house with my dog. And I'm going to sleep. Oh, leave me to rest, honey. And the woman's like, oh, it's so hard to, like, see you go and all this stuff. And I was like, well, you're, like, 
high school sweetheart nerd alerts. And they were like giant nerd <laughs> alerts. Then they show Joe Rossi, Humphrey Bogart, and he's like smoking cigs, going to a bar, and he's like, I'm the coolest man on earth. Bow. And there's like a lady who's singing at the bar, and he's like, uh, yes, I'm interested. And she's like, I'm not interested in you. You're like a buffla. And she's, he's like, uh, how about this? Because there's one guy kind of yelling during her singing set. And he's like, hey, guy, come over here. I'll, I'll let you know about something. And then he just like punch him in the face and knocks him out cold. It's like, this is the weirdest, the weirdest punch ever in a movie, though, right? Because the guy's like hunched over and then he kind of just like, eh, like yeah, real, just real, twitches real fast yeah. and totally yeah. knocks him out. It's the one inch like, punch. He's a black belt. I mean, it. this is the equivalent right here. Bruce Lee's got nothing on Humphrey Bogart, action in the North Atlantic. Yeah. So then the lady, the lady's all like, um, you know, I'm still not necessarily totally into you, but uh, maybe you can hang around. And even the bartender's like, oh, Jesus, this guy. Because he's like slamming back the whiskey and smoking. But we come to find that maybe it's a match made in heaven. Because she loves smoking, she loves whiskey, she loves the one-inch punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one-inch Anyways. punch? <laughs> no. I want that on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then, uh, so then we also go over to the Union Hall. Because one of the things is, you know, all these merchant marines, their ship went down, but they're waiting for the next, like, ship to come along. They don't know if they're going to be in the same ship together or whatever, but they're kind of just playing poker, waiting for them to call out who they need on different ships. Like, oh, we need like a whatever person. Like, oh, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. And one of the guys there um, it keeps on having his position announced. And they're like, yo, bro, like, didn't you hear it the last three times? Like, that your position's needed. And he's like, kind of goes off on being like, we don't get any of the accolades of the people in the Navy. We don't get the awards. All we do is risk our lives. And we're probably going to get sunk by a submarine. And I've got a family. I've got a baby on the way. Why do I want to do that? Maybe I should just go and do something else. Like, this is super dangerous. And they're all like, they get the hell out of here. And they're like, almost like fisticuffs uh, going at this point. Oh, they get extremely upset with him yeah. over this. And he's like, whoa, what a, what a, what is it such a big deal? Like, I've got a family. Uh, should I really be whatever? And so anyways, they announce that they're going to be launching a new Liberty boat. This new fancy Liberty boat. And they're like, oh, we want to get in that Liberty boat. It's going to be sexy. And they hear all the different positions being announced like, oh boy. And they all run up there. And, uh, you know, people are going to like Cookie, a.k.a. Boats. He uh, gets assigned or whatever. His wife comes, or his ex-wife or whatever. They're in the middle of a divorce. Comes, and he's like, oh, boy, that's my wife. Am I right? Eee! And that's, like, his whole thing. <laughs> and then the guy who was, like, thinking he wasn't going to be on the ship anymore was, like, basically, like, um, you know, I changed my mind. And he also, yeah. you know. Money's money. Yeah. He Let's also get on, on this boat. Yeah. So... Um, then Jarvis goes and sees Joe and he's like, yo, Joe, uh, we got a new boat. We're ready to go. I want you as my co-captain. What you say? And he's like, ready to do it. But then he like meets, or Jarvis meets like his, uh, this little lady, the singer. And it's basically like, um, sorry, ma'am. Uh, sorry to break this to you, but Joe, a little bit of lazy man, basically leaving you. Don't even worry about it. Hope you guys had fun. He's and done this like, a thousand times. Yeah. He slept with everybody on the planet Earth. Yeah. And you're just nothing special. And she's like, right. well, what here's about a, my wedding ring? Right. And she's like, whoa. And he's basically like, definitely go see my wife. Be bestie friends with her. She'd love you. Probably. Um, but Joe's got to come with me. And it's time for us to own these Nazis. And she's like, whoa. And it's basically like, here's a picture. Go bash some Nazis. Yeah. 
And so then they're on the, the boat. They have a giant convoy. And it was actually, this is, this is where the, the, the movie had originally been conceived as a documentary on the mer- merchant marines. And here's where you can kind of see that, where they have a bunch of stuff with the, this giant convoy and how it's all structured and stuff like that. And it's pretty nuts. Um, it's like 40 ships or something, 50 ships. It was huge, yeah. massive. And, they, and something that's like also interesting to me is with these with the merchant marines is they're operating the ships pretty much running the show but then they do get navy sailors on board right. to run defense and operate the weapons and that type of stuff. Yeah, and there were some interesting scenes where they were kind of showing how it had been like 6 months of intensive training to get them ready to operate these kind of 5-inch guns and these different guns that they had on the ship and the Merchant Marines were all kind of making fun of them. Like, oh, look at these guys with their, you know, little gun or whatever. And they were like, well, you got to learn it too because we don't know. People might die and then you've got to be able to man this and load this and and crush Nazis. And you think, like, from the drills they're running, you think that these guys would just – it looked easy, right? Like, oh, open the hatch, throw the bullet in. But then the Merchant Marine guys were just really struggling. I was like, come on. It's not that difficult, is it? Yeah, it's just like, it's it a is. clockwork to get figure it out. But anyways, yeah. they uh, they they go up to Nova Scotia, um, and they all meet, and they're basically telling them how like you're going to use flags to communicate, and sometimes a megaphone, and sometimes we'll use lights, and sometimes we'll do this. But always remember who's on your left and right, who's on the front, fore and aft, and all this kind of stuff. And basically, keep in formation, and they have all these different intricate plans of what happens if they can't stay in formation, and they're like. Great. And it's a very long scene. It's probably why this movie was over two hours long. It was explaining in minute detail exactly how this convoy was going to work. Yeah, they did not leave any stone unturned here. No, even to the point where they're going along. Convoy seems great. They seem to be having a good old time. The chit-chatting, people like having their time on the, the boat. And then they, you know, there's some fog. And they're like, oh, how are we going to deal with fog? And they kind of explain it. And there's like a boat that almost comes and hits them. And they're like, You know hey, who it man, is? The Norwegians. You know who messes it up? Who? Michael Caine would be all over these guys. Mr. Nigel Powers. The Dutch. Ah, I thought I smelled cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Isn't that about Mini Me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, they. Uh, uh, they and they're loaded up- with like explosives. So, oh, if these them, two ships collide. Yeah, they've got giant. They've got giant tanks on their thing. They've got planes. They've got explosives all up in their hole. This, this thing would go up like a torch. What so did anyways, you just say? Yeah, I, I heard go up, something. Go up like yeah, a torch. I did too. A torch? No, 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 no. Back it up. Back it up before that. Yeah, tanks and they have all kinds of explosives. If they got hit, they go up like a torch. Okay, I think you said they have explosives up their hole. Did I say that? I think you did. I heard no. it. At least okay. it's not offensive. Yeah, there we go. That's good. There we go. No, that's not offensive, right? No, it's not offensive. It's just a, it's oh, a bizarre way to word it. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Typical so anyways, Friday night for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a uh, – anyways, they get they end up getting kind of tracked by a – not just one U-boat. So we see like that captain we saw before. We're like, oh, that son of a bitch. Like I can't wait for Jarvis to get his hands on him. But then there's then there's not just one U-boat. How many U-boats are there? Is there two? No. Is it three? No. Is there four U-boats? There are not. It's that goddamn wolf pack. That's what it is. 
I don't even millions. know how many are in there. How, how many is there a lot. back? Like a million? Million submarines? I think so. Yeah, That's like. how it works. Um, I lost my train of thought. So millions submarines. Millions Anyways, they attack. subs. They're sinking stuff. They're blowing stuff up. The Dutch, up like a torch. I think. And Sorry about your luck, boys. Yeah. But our our guys, they get hit. They get hit a couple times, I think, right? Yeah. And then they 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 go off. They scoot off um, and do a bunch of distractions. Like they do a little trickery, right? Is this the point where they do trickery? No. So they get completely separated. Yeah. From, okay. At this point, they just get separated. Yeah. Yeah. They get separated from the rest of the convoy because like it is hitting the fan right. in the convoy. Explosions are left and right. This wolf pack is tearing through these people like mad. But then we're also getting a lot of incredible scenes like depth charging. Oh, yeah. Really big explosions. All kinds of stuff going on. I mean, this is, this is dare I say it, action in the North Atlantic. And that's what we've got here. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a very long scene, too, because I was making dinner while I was watching it. And I made my entire dinner just while this battle was going on. It's kind of great. And then you make a souffle? <laughs> yeah, yes, I made a souffle. Interesting. Yeah. A meat souffle, actually. Ooh. Yeah. Savory and, and sweet to go with You're it. We're on another level, my friend. Um. Anyways, they get separated. And they're like, basically, they're like, okay, there's a rendezvous point. But we can't go there. Because we can't lead the submarine back there. We're going to lead the submarine away. They're going to be tracking us. They want to get this liberty ship. They know we're sexy shit. We are, got, we look at us. And they like basically hiking up there, like dress, like look at this, these liberty legs. This is a liberty ship. Come after us, U boat. And the U boat captain's like, oh boy. And you know what's coming out of his pants when he sees a liberty ship. Am I right, guys? Yeah, I think you're right. Little snorkel right. peeking out. That's right. He's got a snorkel up. He's like, whoa. Let's go after that liberty ship. They, they lead them away. And they're basically going and they're like, we're done. Once it's night, they're going to just come up on us. Like right now we can keep steady. Every time we slow, they slow. Every time we speed up, they speed up. Basically, they're waiting till night because they don't want to come too close because they're going to shoot them with their deck guns. But if and they they've been doing night, that. They have been keeping them at a distance. Yeah. So they know they're out of range, but they're, they can get close enough yeah. to be like, don't you come any closer. And they're basically Jarvis is like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I, I don't even know. Only a genius would be able to figure this out. And Joe's like... And Humphrey Bogart yeah. is just like, I think I've got a plan. He's like, what like, do a submarine do? They go deep, but what else do they do? And everyone's like, what? They run silence. And they're like, hey, come here. And they get the guy who's in the the engine. And he's like, can you run silent? He's like, um, only if we want to die. And they're like, no, like, it won't even be your yeah. fault. Uh, if we do die, but run it silent, they won't be able to fucking find us. And there, and he's like, "Oh shit, you're right." So then it becomes nighttime, <laughs> and they turn off all the engines, and the submarine's like, "Where did they go?" <laughs> yeah. It just seemed kind of funny because they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> especially it. now. I mean, I know it's going to be really dark out there and stuff, but World War Two and all that. Most people, if you haven't listened to the show a bunch. Um, you might not know, but these older submarines run on the surface pretty much like 90% of the time, and they only dive to attack and evade. So they'd be watching them the whole time, but I don't know, whatever. I mean, night vision goggles weren't invented, right? Yeah. I don't so they, were, they were cruising around, and they were like, we don't know where they are. We do get a little bit of a scene of people kind of like, uh, one guy wants to keep his cat safe, so he puts him directly into the lifeboat he, with some food. He brought another cat. Yeah, he got another cat. 
And everyone's like, like, hey, what an idiot. That other one died. Check this guy out. His name's Chief. Like, oh, that's a fun name for a cat. Yeah. They're also like, you're an idiot. We bring another cat to die. Something he does later, though, we'll talk about when everything really hits the fan. So anyways, he puts his cat in a lifeboat. It's like, oh, stay safe or whatever. And then they, they start and meowing. And that's the worst place, right? If you're in danger and you're about to hop into a lifeboat, you're about to just literally jump into a lifeboat, right? You're not going to notice if there's a kitten sitting on the seat. That's Brom, the worst idea. Brom, where would you put your cat to keep it safe? If I had a cat on a submarine? Yeah, not on a submarine. No, you're on the merchant marine ship. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. You're worried about a submarine sinking you. Um... I don't know. That's a good question. It is a good question. I know. You're a cat owner. Come on. I don't. I wouldn't want to like put it in its own like life preserver or something like like that because what if you all die and now the cat just kind of has to starve at sea? I think, I think what we I'd learned here. By a shark. I'd put yeah. it in like a book bang or something. Put yeah, I guess. Bag. I think I'd put it exactly. I think I, you put it in a little book bag or something. You put it one just just near where you could get out. Right, like you could quickly run down some stairs, grab the book bag, and get out and get back into life. So it's still underneath and not making all kinds of loud meowing sounds for submarines to hear. And yet you can still grab it. Do you think a submarine would hear a cat meowing on a submarine? Well, no, but they do hear when they start fighting over that cat meowing and drop a very loud chain uh, into the water. That's what they do. Okay, but it also depends if the sonar tech was a marijuana user. Mm. From the wolf's call, he right. could hear it. He'd be like, that's a fucking, that's a fucking cat. He's like, dude, and somebody's got Cheetos back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the jam, man. <laughs> uh, anyways, so the submarine, I mean, they, they aren't able to get a beat on the liberty ship. And they decide, you know what? We know where they're going. They're heading to, where were they going again? Remanx? Russia. Yeah, Russia. They're like, oh, we know where they're going. They're going around this area. So- Let's head them off. We'll go up there and we'll attack them when they start coming around the corner. And so light comes up. They don't see the submarine. They're like, okay, we'll continue on. Hopefully we don't get attacked when we go around the corner. So anyways, they go along. All of a sudden they hear, what's that? Some airplanes. And they're like, is it our friends? Answer, no. No chance. Not at all. German German uh, airplanes, Luftwaffe, I guess. I think how you say it. And they attack and the, they're able to, to shoot them down. But, like, one of the planes is able to kill some people. And the other one, when it shot down, with the help of Parker, the cadet, who I haven't even really talked about, but now respected by the crew, and the guy who wasn't – was thinking about not going on the ship at all. They mm-hmm. are, they are like, helping shoot, uh, shoot it down. And the plane crashes in, kills Parker. And the other guy gets unscathed. And Jarvis, the captain, gets shot like a whole bunch of times. He's like, oh, look at him. He's dead. I mean, he's dead. He's got shot a million times. But no, he just injures his leg or whatever. <laughs> I did find that kind of bizarre. Like, if, if this were a movie today, he should have died. Yeah. I would but think. then Joe takes Joe takes command. And that's kind of has its own purpose as well. Where, like, Joe always was like, I'm not a captain. Look at you know, whatever. Like, I'm not. I'm not interested in that. Uh, I, I like being in the position I am. I just, I'm not serious like Jarvis. And Jarvis, like, this is your time to shine, man. Let's see what you got. And he's like, <laughs> I got it all, baby, because we're about to just win. Yeah. Because like, you both okay. come, they attack, and they actually do hit the boat. But they're like, hey, did anything happen? And they're like, ah, oh, some things are on fire, but we're okay. We can handle it. And, uh, 
he's basically Joe's like, are you sure? Because we're going to light the deck on fire. We're going to send out a bunch of SOS signals, and that's going to bring the submarine up to the surface. And then it, we're going to we're going to get vengeance. We're going to own that submarine, yeah, just the way they did us. And so it does. It, it comes on up. And they want to view. They want to view. They're like, oh, let's watch this uh, Liberty ship uh, sink. It should be good. Good ship. They come up with their popcorn. They're munching their popcorn. Mm-hmm. Goddamn, love this popcorn. That's what they're saying. Uh, it's a just a line from. Did you have that clip from the movie? I love this popcorn. Yeah. I can't remember. You have to do it. Just think about it in a German accent, and you basically got to figure it figured out. It's like, oh, look at these blueberries, and this, this, oh, oh, like that. Yeah, it, they spot on, Jamie. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and so, anyways, they surface. They're gonna finish the job, and this, and then it comes out, and rams that submarine just like the submarine rammed the lifeboat before and takes it out and they have a whole scene of even the captain being in like the submarine and all the water's rushing in and he's like oh, oh no these blueberries <laughs> yes just <laughs> yeah because blue everybody knows blueberries aren't good when they get wet right you gotta eat them kind of that was what he was mostly concerned with at the time, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, they get even they go further on. There's some more planes. Like, oh, are those our friends? And then they're like, yes. And I got really confused because then it showed like an airplane and it was like a Russian person. I was like, oh, no. But then I forgot. <laughs> and that was actually, no, that was that's fine. It's they're a sign friends. of the times, Jeremy. Right. They, were, they were okay with us back yeah. then. And then they sail into Russia. Cookie's like, look at those ladies. I'm ready to bone. And then um, ever and Joe is like, oh, boy, think about the, the trip back home. Um, which actually led into the sequel, not so much action in the North Atlantic, where it just was like a regular peaceful time home. Not as exciting of a movie, but still a movie. Yeah, the only action on that one was Cookie, who brought his Russian bride back home. (laughs) Oh, wow. That is action in the North Atlantic, the 1943 Oscar-nominated classic. Not Oscar-winning, right? Oscar-nominated. No, no, it did not win. It got nominated for okay. Best Screenplay. Oh, okay. All right. So that's what it is. Then. So who wants to go first? Zach, you've looked alive for most of this. You have. Barely. Um, some watchers even have said you do look like you're asleep. So that is, after I mentioned you looked asleep, they confirmed. Well, you know what I have to say to them? Huh. Shut up. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> were you like hinting that i go first i don't know oh you don't have to go first at all it's been a while you need to ease back into it probably i'll go go first i'll keep this short you want to go um you know how i feel about these old movies not to mention the fact that i've been kind of under the weather last week but i did manage to watch it i did not fall asleep through it and for a black and white classic film as kyle called it it was good i did enjoy it then again uh i've been (laughs) my brain's been trailing off a lot this week so maybe it just hit me in the right time in my life where i've just been laying around (laughs) most days but um no, it wasn't bad. I liked Humphrey Bogart. I liked the scenes. Uh, the, the dialogue was solid. I mean, it was. it's a war film. It's like a propaganda war film, right? I mean, it's cool. It, it told a unique part 
of World War II. You know, I never really think about merchant marines and stuff like that. So at least it wasn't like same old shit. <laughs> um, so I liked that. And I mean, really, the ending was awesome. When the the shot when the ship was going through the black smoke and it came out, that was awesome. I mean, I even like that's my favorite. Yeah, I that rewound was, it a couple. I times tweeted that out. It. it is so good. It was, looking. It's a really good shot. Like that's just that was badass. So it really like culminated at the end. And then there wasn't some big long drawn out story frame at, story time at the end. It was like no, it's they they, they jammed it. They moved on. They grass courted. It ended. So. I mean, war movie, lots of sub action, some really cool scenes. What is it, 1943? So, I mean, you're thinking, like, what, four years before that, The Wizard of Oz came out? So, I mean, it was, it was good. I, I liked it. I, I did. I'm going to give it. Um, I mean, I. <laughs> out of the black and white movies we've seen, I would actually watch this one again. So, I'm going to give this one like a 7.3. Wow! wow. I, I, That's really high it, for maybe you. Maybe it hit me in the the right week, but it <laughs> I liked it. So you really you really connected to the experience of of that trip, the trek that they had. I mean, I'm, like, okay, in the beginning it was kind of before I had COVID, but all of a sudden I'm separated from the rest of humanity yeah. with my COVID experience, and then at the end you come through. Yeah. And you end up in, Russia. I mean, the last week I've watched a handful of movies and shows, and I'd say this and Toy Story 4 stand out. So, Classic combination. <laughs> yeah. All right, I can go next. I will say I enjoy it. these. I enjoy these old ones. Um, this one's not necessarily the best. I think, uh, you know, that propaganda aspect to it can sometimes great. It was very long as a result because they integrated all these, like, kind of a uh, – exposition parts to explain the merchant marines and this actually was documentary footage and it actually showing ships uh going and stuff like that uh to kind of mix with the stuff that's all entirely on the soundstage stuff like that so you know if they could have cut out all that stuff tightened up the story maybe an hour and 45 minutes i would have liked it a little bit better but uh, i thought the acting was good love my, love me some uh humphrey bogart she's just a suave you know suave sexy uh very he's like a, a jamie type character if you will and hmm, interesting. Um, so I enjoy him. In- interesting, you choose you, huh? What? No, I'm just I'm trying to think of the person that most comparable. Um, oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, that would be just like a rebel. Like I, I, in general, I don't have a cause for my rebelliousness. Um, interesting. Yeah. So no, I enjoyed it. Thought it was good. Uh, wouldn't be the, my the best one. Like I'd lo- like Run Silent Run Deep, Destiny Tokyo. Uh, those ones kind of uh, top out a little bit higher. But I enjoyed this one. I think it's good. I'm going to come in at a seven. Very good. Very good. Would you agree Brown, that... do you want to uh, go or you want me to go? I guess I'll hop in. Would you agree that uh, Boats O'Hara is most uh, reminiscent of Kyle? I think it was. I think Boats is, but only when he changed his career later and became a cook. Oh, so mm-hmm. Cookie. Well, it was Cookie. The Cookie version of Boats. And uh, I would be Raymond Massey because I'm weird looking, and Zach mm-hmm. would be Dick Hogan for obvious reasons. <laughs> Obvious. Yeah, that makes sense. Dude, Raymond Massey looked like Timothy Olfont, I think is his name. Yeah, from, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, wow, dude, if you re if you remade this today, it has to be Timothy Olfont, man. And who's that? Who am I? Am I the sexy lounge singer? I thought you just said you're Humphrey Bogart. Oh well I am, but can I also be the sexy lounge singer? 
I mean, no, you're gonna. You did such a good job. I think you have to be on that U-boat screaming about blueberries or whatever. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, because my great accent. Yep. Gotcha. Exactly. That would make the movie. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I can jump in though. Uh, this movie was a bit long for me. Um, you, you mentioned the propaganda aspect, which actually was is kind of always interesting to see. Uh, how they portray uh, life in the military uh, in a way to uh, draw um, youth and young men into armed services. Uh, I guess my question, you, you mentioned me with the cat there. Is uh, We've seen this now where people have brought cats and mice and birds and stuff on the boats. Is this even allowed in the military? I'd find that hard to believe. You can just like show up with an animal. Like, yeah, I'm gonna bring an animal on the the, the boat with me. It's it's my shtick. I think it being allowed is uh, sometimes besides the point because I think they're breaking the rules by okay. doing. Yeah, it. Um, I don't think you march birds, onto the, the ship birds. with a cat under your arm, right? You like you hide it in a cake, and then when somebody tries to cut in that cake, you're like, "Don't touch that cake!" Right? Well, you're That's making a propaganda film here, aren't you? Like, kind Kyle of almost really encouraging. Aren't you almost yeah. encouraging people to break the rules and just like, hey, guys, I brought my Great Dane with me. It's too, it's too late for me to drop him back off at the at the house. So you guess a, he's going to have to hop on the boat with us. Is this a secret rant against like, a, what is it, therapy dogs or whatever? No, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> can I just show up with a, a Great Dane and get on a submarine? Maybe. Like, I think that'd be Slippery hilarious. Slope. That's a movie. Doesn't hurt to slope. try, man. Yeah, no, I think the birds actually had a function, though, right? Well, yeah, because if they died, then everybody's like, <laughs> we're next. Right. Um, oh, that's right. I remember that now. But I, uh, I mean, we've, great we have seen a lot of animals on subs, on boats. I don't know what it is, man. Yeah, man. An homage to Noah's Ark, perhaps. <laughs> metaphor. Sure. Uh, literal I liked, metaphor. Uh, I liked the end as well. I thought it uh, uh, put a, a nice bow on it. Aside from the Russians babbling uh, in Russian and no subtitles, at least what I watched didn't have subtitles. Um, so I'll just take their word for it that they were saying nice things about us. And uh, I'm going to give it a. I'll give it a six. Marching on down. All right. All righty. I will caboose this thing right now so action in north atlantic like i'd, I'd mentioned in the recap the f the opening scene we have all the explosions and everything to me was so reminiscent of recent movie Deepwater horizon if you've if you've seen that i mean get ready for that like 1943 and i was blown away by how good this looked in 1943 i mean insane crazy the scene, I mean, you're watching it, you're like, wow, you know, this actually feels, oh, it's black and white. Like, you feel the intensity of this scene. And then, like, when we got off the boat, we had, like, 50 minutes of a lull where it was just kind of like, okay, we're just going around doing whatever, and I don't want to go back out on the sea. Okay, well, I'm going to go back out on the sea because I need the money, whatever. And then... The action picked back up with the convoy and that wolf pack coming in. And again, the action was absolutely incredible. The depth charging scenes and all that. And that shot in particular that Zach talks about where they have just completely smoked out literally everything. And then 
the ship just cuts through it like a knife. I was like, my word, that is so good. I put it that that shots on our Twitter. I put a picture up there of it. Check it out. It looks so amazing. And then I'm blown away also at the filming of a lot of these old movies, like the plane scenes when you got the Germans and the Russians coming in. Cause not a lot of you know, you're not doing computer animated graphics, nothing CGI. They aren't. Like everything is now. I know it's shocking, Jamie. It's not. So that I think is just absolutely incredible. The lengths that people have to go through to film. I wish we didn't have that 50 minutes. I think we all mentioned it could be a little bit shorter. Just some of the stuff in there. You're like, well, why are we doing this necessarily? But ultimately a very solid installment in what we've seen in classic movies. Different because we haven't seen Merchant Marines. You know, we've seen sub. We've seen a very similar story in like a hundred and I don't know, fifteen other movies that we've watched. And I say that because there's been some that have been so far different that they're not anywhere close. Um, adult films, animes, those types of things, mm-hmm. totally different storylines than we're used to. But this, I thought, was really well done in the action scenes. It's called Action in the North Atlantic. Got a lot of good actors. Everything, I don't know, everything was done really well. I'm going to go ahead and give it like a seven also. I'm going to come in at a seven. All right. Yeah. Pretty, this Dragons. is pretty consistent among us, right? Yeah. Good, good, I think good so. Solid, yeah. I think it's a good solid movie. I just, yeah. It's interesting because then I watched a bunch of other ones where I'm like, whoa, like Treasure of the Sarah Madre, which is like super fun to watch. And so... It's not. It's not quite that. It's not like a super classic, but it's a. Uh, it's got some nice stuff. Good. To it. Hey, yeah. let me get. It's what good. makes a classic? I don't yeah, know. There's something. Right. There's something about the rewatchability of some of them. I can watch Casablanca all the time, and then Treasure Sierra Madre. It's just like an adventure film, and every scene has its own thing that's kind of going on with it. But I feel like it always. You know, you just turn it on. And I actually feel like early Hollywood, a lot of it was rewatchability. Like Gone with the Wind is a reason why people were like. Every week, every week I'm going. What's and a so recent like, movie that you like? Like actually released new that you would say will be a classic that has high rewatchability factor. How far back do I have to go? I don't know. Five, ten years. Five to ten. I mean, years, one to huh? ten. I don't know. Like I'm thinking Twenty One Jump Street. I love that movie. I watch it all the time. <laughs> that was good. Well, I mean, but <laughs> would you classic. call it a classic? Yes. I, my mind initially went to Snakes on a Plane because it's like you can watch uh, that movie classic. like every day of the week. I it's love. So good. I love when they throw the uh, disc golf disc into the the river on Twenty One Jump Street. They hand it to the kid. Oh, like, and right in the like, beginning. You go get your stupid disc and they whip it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that made that movie a classic for me. I think I'm going to agree with Zach. I think that's the most recent classic I've seen. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. <laughs> it's settled. Um, Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I, I was quoting it. I was going to get the Bagagon. You guys dealing drugs? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing here? But <laughs> playing Bagagon. Bagagon. You dealing drugs? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dude, Channing Tatum in that movie is absolutely hilarious. It's, like that's what shocked me the most. He's so like, good in it. Wow, that guy you shot him is in the so dick. funny. Who does that? That's the coolest thing in the world. You're a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> You're so cool. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name, but the teacher, he's a super famous guy, yeah. Rob. Right? What's Rob his name? Riggle. Rob Riggle. Yeah. When he's they're talking to him and he's on and they're on drugs <laughs> and like his. 
eyebrows crawl around his face and go into a mustache. <laughs> just stop like, stop breathing on me, kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put your tongue back Put in your, your tongue mouth. Put your tongue back in your mouth. Stop that. Actually, that's, yeah. actually, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Classic. Classic. All right. I'm going to get some trivia, whether you guys like it or not. No, 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 no. Just because I have COVID doesn't mean I'm not ready for my segments. Oh, I let you have that. Hit it. Okay. He's got it finally. Hey. No music, though? I don't hear it. No, you don't get any music on that yet. Just Oh, jeez. That's okay. It's a work in progress. And I am also working on all the transitions because I recently was like, oh, hey, I can uh, do my wife's computer and she's got a little program that I can make them on. It's like, I got to get that done. Got to get that. Okay. So love it, hate it. What do we want to hear first? We all said we all had a lot of love. So I think we should do another love and then leave it on a hate it to let people, (laughs) you know, decide. (laughs) I like it, Kyle. Okay. It's been a while, gang. Love it. This comes from USMMAKP, May 2006. Great story of merchant marines as service and individuals. Wait, I'm sorry. Great story of merchant mariners as service and individuals. I am a proud graduate of the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy, Kings Point. I am also a retired U.S. Navy captain. The screening of action in the North Atlantic was an annual event at Kings Point, since one of the characters was a cadet serving sea time as part of his training. Cadet Parker well represents the 142 cadet midshipmen who were killed in action in World War II. Kings Point is only Federal Academy, which is thus authorized to carry a battle flag with their color guard. The characters are real, and Warner Brothers could not have picked a better cast. This movie was, and is, only one of a handful which tried to show the contribution of the merchant marines during the war. I particularly liked the scene where Alan Hale tries to explain to a couple of his shipmates the meaning of the word rendezvous. They don't make them like that anymore. I still watch this flick every time it screams. 10 out of 10. Wow, man. Very solid review. Some good love. There's a lot of love. Alan Hale love, man. There's a lot of positive reviews for this film. Whole a whole lot of love. However, when there's love, there's what, guys? There's hate. Yes. And it took a little bit, but I found I hate it. <laughs> this comes from uh, I don't want to read the guy's name, but it comes from an Amazon review. So this is a one out of five stars. Uh, is it an inappropriate name? No, or it's like literally just the, like a, like a John Smith name. Like there's no funny oh, nickname. Okay. So I'll just say John Smith. That's let's just say that John mm. Smith. All right on Amazon titles his one-star review as will not play correctly. This was reviewed June 21st, 2015. The disc will not play. (laughs) 
in either my DVD player or in my PS3 console. One out of five. All right. I mean, I got to agree. I've got it. All right. So I read a lot of reviews when I'm buying things like most people do, right? And people get on there mm-hmm. and they'll write a review. If something is like damaged mm-hmm. in shipping, they're like one out of five garbage. Yeah. Like that's no. stupid, what? right? <laughs> Did you actually use it? Like, what is this? Did you actually ever watch this movie? Your disc doesn't play. Yeah. I get it. Maybe it's a product review. I've got this product. It doesn't play. <sighs> yeah, when I give a bad when I get a bad when I give a bad review online and I log in, I go to Google reviews and I leave them a one star. It's because the quality sucks for whatever I got or the yeah. food I got. Not because of not because like somehow in shipping it got crushed or whatever. That's completely out of someone's control. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Amazon Cast where we review people's Amazon reviews. I like that. I like that. That's actually hey, that's not a bad I idea, like Jamie. Is this something for the podcast podcast? Yeah, that would be a great podcast podcast episode. <laughs> we just get we each get a uh, Amazon review where we oh, I'll, really rake them over the coals. I would love to do that. You know what? Oh man, I would love to review people's shitty reviews. Okay. Well, that's only one episode of the podcast. Uh, we you want to spin off that go, uh, go read about sugar-free uh, Haribo gummy bears on Oh, yeah, Amazon. dude. Those are um, hilarious. I remember the funniest, that. The funniest reviews you're ever going to find. Yeah. My word. Should I get some trivia going? Sure. Yes, Finally. sir. Finally. And so, yes, as I mentioned, this was originally supposed to be a short documentary. But as the war continued and they hadn't yet started the making the film, there was so much action footage becoming available and more advisors and stuff for the film. They decided, let's make this a feature. They originally cast Edward G. Robinson and George Raft as the starring roles, but they were pulled to different projects. And so they brought in Raymond Massey and Humphrey Bogart the same year that he made Casablanca. The most probably the most prominent or famous story from this is the director. So this was actually directed by multiple people. Uh, Lloyd Bacon uh, directed most of it, but his contract actually expired while it was filming because it went over. It actually went forty five days over schedule. So with, for the last bunch of days, they were trying to figure out his contract. But when it broke down, they, fi- they he was fired, and they brought in Byron Haskin, and then apparently even Jack L. Warner, the Warner guy, the guy who ran Warner, he even came and did some directing. It sounded like. Really? So it's kind yeah. of a hodgepodge of directors here. Yes. And then uh, what was some of the other? Oh, yeah. As mentioned, uh, this was shown a bunch at Kings in the U- U.S. Merchant Marine Academy in Kings Point, mentioned in the previous review, um, as official kind of morale plus training type of stuff, kind of showing the history of how cadets contributed to the war, war effort and stuff like that. And then, um, as we said, this was nominated for Best Writing technically best original story uh, in the Academy Awards. At the time, there were actually many best writing uh, categories. So it was best writing original screenplay, best writing original story, and then best writing screenplay. So Casablanca won best writing screenplay. Um, This was in a different category, uh, Hmm. original story. It lost to the human comedy that year. But another film in that category that was nominated, Destination Tokyo. Oh, really? Submarine movies nominated for best original story i love that movie it's a good one pretty good year that is a really good one what is that like our i can't remember 15th 14th episode no it wasn't 15th mm, i would guess 16th 21. episode one i think it's 16th but uh 
That was the first movie, I think, from the 40s that we watched, right? Blew me away. I think that was right. That was amazing. Um, So then I don't, you know, we can can play the little Phantom Zone sound. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. Yeah, we don't have to really do too much for that one just because uh, how we even kind of landed on this movie or thought about this movie or came onto our list was because it was in a Phantom Zone for Christmas in Connecticut. So I know I can connect it to whatever the hell I want. Um, it was kind of funny, too, because when I originally thought about action in the North Atlantic, I was like, wait, wasn't that an Ed Harris movie? But then it turned out it was a different uh, action in the North Atlantic, if you know what I mean. Wink. Oh. Schwink. Ed's early films. Ah, uh, yeah. When he was still a vaudevillian with his brother. Good oh. Lord. Oh, and then does anyone want to do... We, we, we can skip trivia if you guys want to do it, but... I thought we were doing trivia. Oh, I can do trivia. Uh, uh, there, there is. I'm, I keep on. I'm loving finding categories where you guys are getting them all wrong. So let's find out how many you get wrong in this one. We're gonna. Hey, I got one right in the one that you thought we would all get everything wrong. That is true. You surrealism are some kind of gem expert. Yeah. What was that one you got? Made no sense. It was the surrealism one. Yeah, surrealism. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a. This is a 2006 Jeopardy episode where the entire first round what or jeopardy round was based on humphrey bogart so one category is called casablanca the next we are no angels the next the mm. big sleep the next three on a match and the next the harder they fall the last category is just called humphrey bogart <laughs> so wow. i'm gonna give you guys the humphrey bogart one oh. get ready for some humphrey bogart trivia so terrible uh brahm sounded like you gave it the worst review today so you yep. get to choose 200 400 600 800 1000 humphrey bogart trivia 200 i don't know anything about humphrey bogart on may 21st 1945 humphrey bogart married her i don't i don't know audrey hepburn no <laughs> good guess though because they co-starred in the african queen ding 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 did you look it up kyle no do you know what it is? Lauren Bacall. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So, wait, you looked that up. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a little Bogart up my sleeve. for. I think you might have a little something up your sleeve. Oh, right. Okay, so Kyle, yeah, Kyle what do you want? 400, 600, 800, 1,000? Give me 1,000. I want to see how wow. good my research was. Bogie's breakthrough film was this 1936 feature that shares its name with a national park. A national park? Dang it, dude. I just want to see if I have this anywhere. Why does it look like you're looking up something, Kyle? It kind of does look like I'm looking up something, right? Hand check. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember the... uh, Mm -hmm. National park? It's going to be hard. It's hard to figure out because it's actually not obvious from whatever source material you have in front of you. It's... Nah. Oh, I know it. I have it in front of me. I yeah. do know it now. What is it? The Petrified Forest. Good one. Good call. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Correct. I did look this up. Yes. <laughs> I've got I've got a whole screen of just Bogart stuff right here. All right. So Zach, Zach, 400, 600, 800. 600. So 600. In the Navy during this war, Bogey got a severe facial injury while escorting a prisoner. World War One. That is... 
Yes, good call. Zach got it. World War One. Alleged. Nobody points, actually knows. Points on the I know, board. Yeah, I know. I, there are a bunch of them that actually I'm not sure. Like that, uh, the three middle one I think are. Oh no, there's the two of them. Four hundred and six hundred. I both think are a little shaky in terms of actual trivia because yeah. you don't actually know. People say it's a bar fight, I, which is kind of makes sense with his uh, with the story and timeline of when he got the scar. Because Kyle cheated. Am I winning? Hey, whoa. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you are winning. Yeah. Okay, so now you guys get to you get to buzz in. So four hundred. As a young man, Bogey originally planned on studying for a medical degree at this Connecticut college. Boom, 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 boom. What's that? Yale. Yes. Although that's another shaky one because he got kicked out of school and stuff like that. And it, by all accounts, he was kind of just floating around long doing whatever. And I don't know if he planned that. Right, yeah. From what I read and which I will discuss later, I don't think that was his intention. Right, exactly. And then 800... In 1947, Bogey joined other actors in protesting the witch hunts conducted by this committee. God, dude. What the heck is the name? 1947, Bogey joined other actors in protesting the witch hunts conducted by this committee. McCarthy. What the heck's the name, right? It is. Is it the Red Committee? Is that what it's called? (laughs) No, the official name is the House Un-American Activities Committee. Huwak. Huwak. Great. Um... Yeah, he actually was kind of a – Bogart was pretty ahead of his time. He also petitioned for the captain in the this film to be black. Hmm. He thought it was it, it was a shame that there wasn't more representation of the African-American um, sailors that were helping the war, war effort. He thought, well, why why couldn't we have a, the captain here be black? Okay. Yeah. And Warner ultimately did not do it. Good for Bogey. Yeah. So that's what I got. Who won? That's what you got. Uh, Zach, you obviously won. <laughs> what the hell? Did you hurt yourself, Zach? I got this other issue going on right now with this mole on my back, and I can't lift my right arm too high. Otherwise, there's like searing pain that runs down my entire spine and up my arm. So I'm going to get that checked out on Monday. Seems like a good idea. Yeah. That started, that developed on Thursday of my COVID week last week. So that was a great day. I had a mole removed off my leg. Ended up being just like a really badly irritated mole. And it wasn't anything bad, but I I was thinking the worst. So, Yeah, I've had had one of my moles uh, biopsy on one of my moles before. I have a weird mole that's like pretty big. In a weird area, a private area, but um, it's all good. Sure, it's not called a wart? <laughs> yes, Kyle, I'm sure. Oh, okay. You can show the listeners, and maybe someone will ID it. You're talking about the one on my back, right? No. Because the, the funny thing the about a mole. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's also a classic, <laughs> right? Say, yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> you already know where I was going with that. Yeah, you even know what that is, Jamie. <laughs> I was I wasn't listening. I was. Oh reading, my, yeah, reading right, man. You're always listening. Thing. You're always listening. I know you are. Come on. Ever, I don't. It's a if super I, good If animal. I said the name, if I said the name McLovin, does that mean anything to you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. What movie? Super bad. Okay, he's good. This he knows. He knows what's up. Okay, so. 
I hit the thing a while ago. Whatever. Obviously, I'm not even doing subs tonight because I got all this information on Humphrey Bogart. So I'm gonna do Humphrey Bogart, and Bogey. that's how he talks. World. So, Bye. Bogues worldwide. Bogues Here worldwide. we go. Bogey. So, there's only so many submarines, and I was like, you know what? We're a movie podcast. Sometimes people are like, hey, I love actors, and it's like, or I love actresses, or I love movie sets, or I love scenes that movies are in, specifically holidays, those types of things, like Jamie. So. He's getting it. Look, I've got him sucked in right now. He's like, yes, this is what I'm here for. So Humphrey Bogart. There's a lot of weird stuff. Like you'd mentioned with the potentially transporting a prisoner to get a scar on his face. Could also be a bar fight. Could also be non-existent. So he was born allegedly on December 25th. 1899. No, that's not a legend, I don't think. I think that's I think that's real. Oh no, 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 sorry. They moved it to him being born? No, no, they moved it to December, right? Wasn't that the story? No, so pretty much everybody says that he was born December or Christmas Day, 1889. But then Warner Brothers, because like they own him, you know, they wanted to they said that a villain in a movie would not seem evil enough if he was born on Christmas Day. (laughs) So they wanted to have his birthday moved to January 1st, 1900. Insane, but whatever. It's just a sign of the times. You can do whatever the heck you want. A lot of people said that he celebrated his birthday on Christmas. His marriage certificate says his birthday is on Christmas. All kinds of stuff. Uh, so Humphrey DeForest Bogart, Born in New York City. His father was a cardiopulmonary surgeon. His mother was an illustrator. And at one point, she even used a drawing of Humphrey for an advertisement for baby food. And Wikipedia says that she made $50,000 a year at the peak of her career, which, just to put this in perspective, her husband, who is a cardiopulmonary surgeon, was making $20,000. So, kind of interesting. Uh, just how I think those salaries have changed <laughs> in the last hundred years. Um, he let his parents down, as Jamie had mentioned, that Yale never happened. So that was also kind of up for dispute. I don't know why there's so much stuff up for dispute with this, but that his parents really wanted him to go to Yale. And he was in a boarding school and they, nobody knows what happened. He either left, got kicked out, or was pulled out by his parents. And so instead of going to Yale, he said, you know what? I'm going to go to the U.S. Navy. And didn't find anything that said he was on subs. So that's unfortunate. He may or may not have got his famous lip scar, which also had some cosmetic work done on it later in life. Uh, but then he began working in showbiz after a stint in the Navy. And I say working in showbiz, he was a stagehand for a play crew. And after a few months working there, he got to play a Japanese butler in the 1921 play Drifting, in which he had a single line. Uh, He continued acting in theater, never took acting lessons because he figured that experience was the best teacher. And I'm going to tell you what, this isn't just like, a little bit of experience when you look at the plays that he's done and all this type of stuff they're talking like okay this play had 150 showings this one had 260 or whatever i mean it is just an insane amount 
of acting that he was doing in theater and on Broadway and that type of stuff. After the stock market crashed, uh, Bogart, along with a lot of other theater actors, decided, you know what, we're going to go to Hollywood. We're going to make it big. Let's do this. He signed a deal with Fox Films, making $750 a week. And during the early 1930s, he was pretty unsatisfied, actually, with what he was doing. Uh, so he began drinking quite heavily. So not ideal. But later that uh, decade, his father also passed away and gave him a gold ring, which he actually wears in most of his films. It doesn't sound like there was a real lot of like sentimental upbringing in that house either. So this, this was a big deal to get something like that from his father. As Jamie had mentioned, Petrified Forest was his breakout role. And this is where people looked at him and basically said, I think, uh, I can't, I can only paraphrase the quote uh, that I read, but he's pretty much more gangster than John Dillinger is in real life on the screen. So he absolutely killed it. And honestly, and during this time when Warner Brothers saw like how good he was doing, they started working him to the bone from 1936 to 1940. He was averaging a movie every two months. Wow. And sometimes they say he was working on two movies at one time, like crazy. Uh, as Jamie had also mentioned, he did go on to meet his wife, Lauren Bacall. And I think that was his third wife, if I'm not mistaken. Fourth. Uh, they, what'd you say? I think it was his fourth wife. Oh, okay. And they worked together on several movies. Unfortunately, Humphrey Bogart eventually developed esophageal cancer. He did have surgery to remove his esophagus, a few lymph nodes, a rib, and ultimately the surgery was not a success. And at the age of 57, weighing 80 pounds, Humphrey Bogart passed away on January 14th, 1957. So a career and life cut short. Uh, in his... Very prolific career. We've mentioned some of these movies already. He has acted in some of these that you have most certainly heard of. Casablanca, which he was the Oscar nominee for Best Actor. African Queen, which he was the Oscar winner for Best Actor. The Kane Mutiny, which he was an Oscar nominee for Best Actor. The Maltese Falcon, High Sierra, and of course, Action in the North Atlantic. And in 1999, he was named the greatest male star of classic American cinema. And that's what I've got on our boy Humphrey. Very nice. Pretty great. Yeah. Some intense stuff. But not a sub. So. No, he's, he's not. not he's not a sub. He is. We are sure about that. He's a Bogart. Nice. Oh, there we go. All right, Brom, you got something for us, man? Always. Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it 
me. All right. So, yes, I always have something for you. Sometimes I come up with it in about a minute and a half before the podcast even starts. And tonight <laughs> is one of those nights. So, uh, you and Jamie uh, played a board game with your friend Richmond last week, correct? That's true. We, we did. did. Check it, it out at Brambeard Gaming. How'd it go? The, was, it a, was it a fun game? Oh, super fun game. Super fun game. It was very fun. intense. It was Rules called. intensive and very wild, but like when you start going and you get into the flow of things, Jamie knows. It's funny because Jamie's like, Kyle, I know how you play. You're going to play aggressive. And I was like, uh, yeah, I am going to play aggressive. No reason not to. I, 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 I don't know if I was playing aggressive enough. Were you like, hard to, I call hard to this move the queen's gambit, and then you would make a move? No. Oh, okay. But you could keep it in mind for because one of the things that happened is Discord crashed, not a sponsor, and we had to cut it short, and we're going to be doing a part two at some point in the unknown future. What was the name of the game? Captain Nemo. Nemo's or Nemo's. War. Yeah, Nemo's War. <laughs> Jamie doesn't know. We played it for like three or four hours. Yeah, it was going for a while. <laughs> Nemo's War is what it's called. Right. You can find it on Tabletopia. Which is a computer program. Uh, I think I got a website. We were playing it on Steam, and I think you were playing it in the web browser or something, right, Jamie? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it's on there. It's free on there, <laughs> so you can play that. Or if you want to buy it, if you want a physical copy, I think it's like hundred bucks somewhere around there. Or you can play it for free on a computer. So I don't know. Well, very cool. Um glad you enjoyed it i'm a board game fan myself and i have compiled my top five board games list so consider these recommendations these are all on in my opinion very good just games you can pick up right out of the box very fun game if especially if you're into that modern style of board game the euro style of board game you know minimal you know rng it's more about you know skill and strategy and depth. Uh, so these are my top five board games. In fact, I had a uh, epic gamer weekend with my buddy Tyler uh, over the break, uh, as well as his wife, and we played uh, eighteen games uh, in, wow. a, in a weekend. We just crammed. I, I threw out an arbitrary number. I'm like, we're going to play seventeen games this weekend, and then we made it a mission to do that. In fact, we had a we had an eighteenth. We had an encore lap. Like different board games or just but like different 18? board games? Uh, oh seventeen different board games, eighteen games played in total. Wow! And uh, had a blast, and we were not we were not tired or sick of it by the end of the weekend. We were like, let's do it again. He's he's already uh, trying to get me penciled in for uh, a weekend in February, so uh, gonna do it again. But these are my top five board games. I even added one that I discovered in the seventeen that I played with him. Number five. This is a classic. This is kind of the, for many people, this is the first foray into the Euro-style uh, board game uh, when they started to really become popular in the mid-2000s. It's Settlers of Catan. It's a solid, that's a, a pillar. It's solid. Yeah, it is. And uh, has a 9.0 on my board game rankings. Uh, I played that one time, and... It was at a party, and somebody was trying to explain this game to me, and I had already consumed 
two bottles of wine, mm-hmm. and I was on my third, and I was just like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Let's settle this land. That is not an appropriate time to play settlers, in my opinion. <laughs> no. But they do say they do say one bottle of wine a day is good for you, right? Yes, that think, is the same. I think it's mm-hmm. one glass of wine per night. Mm, uh, well, no. it depends on the size of the glass. And then if you're a 60-year-old woman named Karen, you've probably got a giant glass that has that painted on the side that, that says one glass of wine per night, right? And then it's basically you can pour a whole bottle in it. There you go. Or a guy named you Kyle. got it figured out. I've just seen that one too many times. Number four <laughs> is the game I played recently uh, owned by my friend. Uh, it's Airlines Europe. It uh, is very reminiscent of uh, Ticket to Ride, if people like that game. Um, Ticket to Ride's a little too light for me. Uh, Airlines Europe ratchets it up um, and has sort of an investment element to it where you invest in who you, what airlines you think are going to be doing best by the end of the game, but you're still sort of playing almost like how you play Ticket to Ride and you're trying to make your own. Uh, railways across um, the, the continent. Airlines is very similar in that regard, but you have this extra wagering element to it, which is really fun, and it pays out on your investments. So that's uh, a good one. Give it a 9.0 as well. Number three is Splendor. Uh, this is an engine-building game. Um, you, can, uh, you have to... Um, Collect gems to uh, lure wealthy nobles to your kingdom and uh, create a powerful uh, realm uh, with prestige and, and honor uh, in your gemstone mines. So this one, you uh, collect resources and, uh, and um, build mines. It is um, a 9.0 for me, and uh, that one, I think, is is pretty mass-produced. You can find them at, like, Walmarts and Targets and things like that. Yeah, it's funny. That's, that's actually how Kyle got me onto this podcast. He said, come over and see my these gems I have at the house. And I said, oh, that sounds great. And he lured <laughs> me over to the house with the gems, and all of a sudden I was on this podcast. Wow, which, which, which gems did he have? Which combination of gems? That's the thing. He didn't have any gems. Oh, God. It was all an illusion. Wow. I know. That's I would, pretty good. I mean, I would probably call that cheating, but that's well, just Well, some me. people would. But then it just this just blossomed into something that Jamie never anticipated. Right. Number two is Lords of Waterdeep. This is uh, set in the uh, D&D mythos, but uh, really has very little, do, little to do with D&D. Uh, it is a worker placement style board game. And uh, is ranked very highly on like Board Game Geek. It is out of thousands and thousands of games. I think it is ranked in the top 50 still games of all time. Uh, very fun game. Um, again, worker placement, meaning that uh, you take a certain set number of actions per turn and you try to uh, get uh, the most valuable commodities on the board and muscle other players out. And um, in this one, you have to complete quests. So... You uh, place your workers and collect resources and uh, try to fulfill victory conditions on quest cards. And it's got that high Lords. fantasy theme. Go ahead, Jamie. What's your joke? I was, I was going to say, it's not to be confused. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's just informing the listener not to be confused with Lords of the Deep, the submarine movie that we watch for this podcast. Uh, that is a joke, but yes, it is not. It's not a joke. That's, that's, I feel like people would be confused. I just want to make sure they don't think those two are the same thing because Lords of the Deep, terrible movie. 
you're saying, good game. Correct. Uh, fantastic game. I give this a 9.5. I uh, actually have two 10s, and neither of them are on the list. It's kind of like when I did my uh, guitar riffs, and I'm like, you know what? The Iron Man guitar riff and uh, Smoke on the Water is too good. We're not even going to add it on the list. So, uh, Number one is another 9.5 for me, though. It is Dominion. Uh, it is a deck-building uh, board game uh, where you try to build a efficient deck to score victory points where you uh, try to draw more cards, take more actions, and see how you can outwit the other players at the table. Uh awesome game the two tens for me are magic the gathering and dungeons and dragons but those are much less board games in my opinion as they're just really not accessible to all audiences so these though on the other hand if you're if you're a fan of of this whole board game trend sweeping the world uh are five very highly recommendable board games and uh that's it i would also recommend i know you haven't played it yet but you have got to try they come unseen especially for your weekend you're talking about that game i don't know i had a lot of fun with it i think you did you jamie yes i'm gonna look and yes. see if it's on amazon still i think it was 30 dollars yes with other people okay yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm forgetting which ones we've played multiple submarine games the one we never played was captain sonar right yes i have that sitting never here yeah Always love good board games. What's your favorite, Zach? Oh, my gosh. Um, oh. Oh. Whoa, did it? What just we happened changed. in the stream? Okay. Kyle, there we go. Kyle changed. Don't you even okay. worry about it. I don't. I, I go to post a link of the board game and then it all goes away. I'm going to have to take a minute on that. I won't be able to answer that tonight because yeah. I'm hard pressed because. I love board games. I love, but so many of them I play like once or twice because it's just hard to find the time with enough people. And then when you do, it's hard to explain it to them. And then some people just don't want to listen and they don't want to play like some strategic <laughs> kind of style game. They'd rather just do some other stuff. So I don't know. But I did, I have the kind of cardboard game I've played a lot of would have been back in college with Killer Bunnies and the Quest for the Magic Carrot. And that... Yes! I thought you were going to yeah. say that. I always recommend that one because it is so fun. It can be so simplistic or it could be incredibly in-depth with all the expansions. So, so good. that's a really fun one. And that's... that's it's That's... that's it gets, it gets people's people, blood it pumping it too. Gets people, it does. It gets people's <laughs> blood, gun, but it's not like a. It's not total RNG. I mean, you can really be strategic with it <laughs> and screw people over big time, which is really fun always to do. But see, Jamie and I played that with our wives and another buddy, and then he like really scaled the rules down, and I was just used to what yeah. we always did, and I was like, all right, you know, the, the game was over in like I don't know. What, a See, half hour? I was like, yeah, dude, was this should take like four to five hours. That's, and that's the other thing you think about, right? Like, you, like, I like, I could, like, nothing sounds more fun to me than sitting on a Saturday for like nine hours just playing through a, just a few different games, like epic games like that. Not like, yeah. Uh, I, 
what's the one uh, like code names stuff like that like those those are fun party games but that's not mm-hmm. i want to sit around like ben when, when i went to your house and maybe it was one of those five that you said was it splendor that you showed me or is that it's probably dominion. dominion is the one that you showed me and i love that one and the other name and the other ones you listed off besides Catan that i have and i love that one they're all on the top top board game list websites and I, you know i've always wanted to get into that style more but you need the people, right? And it's not going to just be a one-off time because usually you, you take the one-off as you learning it. <laughs> and then you need to play it like five, ten more times. So I picked up quite a few and then the pandemic happened. So Right, yeah. <laughs> like right after we did Godzilla Movie Month, I was at Target and there was this like Funko Godzilla game and I looked it up and it's really highly rated. I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this. We're gonna play this with a few guys, and then, no, stomp <laughs> stomped all of your dreams like Godzilla. It did. So it's still sitting in my closet. I tell you what, actually, I just thought it, I can't sit here and say it's my favorite, but it is absolutely one of my favorites, and it is incredibly simple, and it's not strategic really, but it's um, oh my god, what's it called? It's so much fun. I love it. It's uh. Ah, it's when you bet. It's it. like how how many copies of Halo Three did, are sold ever? Oh, what, uh, wits, wits and wagers. wagers. It's just such a fun. Oh, game. that is a good I, one. And I always yeah, get a kick out of hearing game. those random answers when it's just like, "What year was like?" I mean, sometimes it's just like, "What year is the Declaration of Independence signed?" And you, duh. But then somebody like guesses three hundred years off, and it's just like, "What yeah. are you doing?" <laughs> My my favorite wits and wagers story. Uh, I was playing with my friend, and uh, uh, I think his fiance was with them, and then his parents, and uh, his dad had the, just the funniest answer of all time. The the, the topic was guess how many hairs uh, compose the average human eyebrow. Like how many individual hairs compose the the average human eyebrow. All right, what 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 would your guys' guesses be? Mine was I don't know like. 237. Like the top and the bottom? Just an eyebrow. I like an eyelash. Eyebrow. eyebrow. I mean, I think 300 is a good guess. 300? Uh, I think it has to be higher. The average, I guess, probably like, what, 550, 600? I just pulled out three. I don't don't remember (laughs) what the answer ended up being, but I remember Steve's answer just dead ass, straight face, guessed 17. He thought it was an eyelash. He had to think it was an eyelash. I, I love he did that. not. He's like, he was he was going. He was like looking and staring. He got real close and was looking at everybody's eyebrows. He's like, and he's like, I guess, I guess it could be in the hundreds, but seven. I think seventeen is a fine guess. <laughs> like reminds me of the office. <laughs> fine You're a professional guess. accountant. It's like the, he's a very smart guy too. Uh, but but in that regard, he is is pretty funny. I love that um, style of stuff. It cracks me up when someone's so. Just out of left field with some of their answers. That's so funny. Yeah, that's Speaking a great of one. Out of left field. Do you have any Zach Fang? Hit it. Do 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 do. Zach facts. It's Zach facts. When you're going down, get some Zach facts. When you're going down. No, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I do. Nope. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> oh, that was Zach facts. That's one Zach fact. It's just one. smash cuts. <laughs> Okay. Over under oh. over under in the age of Zachary with COVID, three point five Zach facts. 
going well as long as we're not counting the first one i'm going yeah, under. don't count the first under yeah i'm also going under i'm gonna go under as well all right <clears throat> okay all right uh fact number one uh it needs fact number one on the dollar general five dollar bin version of the movie it included an alternate ending when the U-boat is struck and begins to take on water. And when the Germans are about to die, Yakety Sack starts playing. <laughs> Even though that song came out like 20 years after the movie did. I like that, though. That. Can you imagine if everything else in the movie and then that just hit you? You know, putting Yakety Sacks is a pretty solid go-to in a lot of scenes. I always just know it as the Benny Benny Hill song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Next. Fact number two. Brazzers is coming out with an all-star porn star cast with their reimagining of this tale. And it's titled Ass Action in the North Atlantic. Oh. Nice. Wow. I like Double the, the ass Atlantic. <laughs> that's that's going to be something to look out for. Can't wait till we get to review that episode. If allegedly there's got to be a sub. Oh, right? there's more than one sub. <laughs> oh, it's a wolf, man. A wolf pack if you will. <laughs> get it. Fact uh, number three. See, if you're just if you're just listening, you can't see Jamie do that wink that he just did. I'm more of a lone wolf guy, unless I'm at the uh, wolf family reunion and they start to do the wolf wheelbarrow races. Fact number three. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Norm McDonald joke. I got to give him credit. I like Norm. Some people don't. I love all his just really bad dry humor <laughs> jokes that he just starts laughing at himself. <laughs> so good. Fact number three. Wait a minute. Steve Jarvis? Haven't I heard that name before? <laughs> yeah, you have. Steve Jarvis is a politician of the North Carolina Senate who won the election last year and assumed office January 1st of 2021. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that real? That sounds like a real fact. The Steve Jarvis. Might. The Steve Jarvis. Is that a Twitter Fact handle? Fact number four. <laughs> no. Oh. Ever listen to Submersion and think, where are the stories about the female characters? Well, here's one for you. Yes. Remember Sarah Jarvis? Meet the real life Sarah Jarvis, a general practitioner working in Shepherd's Bush, London, England. She's also a regular guest on the Jeremy Vine show. You can find her at Dr. Sarah Jarvis. Wow. That's it. That's what you got? <laughs> That's all I got. Those seem, those seem like real facts. Well, Maybe. they're characters from the movie. What the, the heck's movie. going on? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I got you. No, I, now, I, now I got what you're picking. I'm picking up what you're putting down. My goodness. Well, wow. All right. That's Action at North Atlantic, episode 128. I just looked. Uh, they Come Unseen is, uh, is sold out on Amazon right now. It's got a lot of great reviews, but uh, I can't buy it if I wanted it. 
Well, which I, which we'll I do want. To... That that is a good idea. I'd like to play that with my my friend. You'll just have to come visit, man. Well, actually, I'm going to England this summer, and uh, maybe I will play it with Commander Benford in person. That'd be awesome. If you're That'd listening, cool. if you're listening, Andy, hit me up. We'll play some. They come unseen live. We'll. Uh, I'll be uh, vaccinated by then. All right, somebody say something funny. I'm rating this movie, I think, a 9 out of 12. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com.